Welcome to the Mortgages, Money and More podcast. I'm Craig Skelton, Principal of CS Mortgage Solutions and CS Retirement Solutions. And the idea is that our weekly podcast aims to answer your questions about the world of mortgages and financial advice. Our guest today is Jane Kelly, who is a mortgage advisor at CS Mortgage Solutions, and she's also a will writer. And today we are discussing everything wills. So, but before we get into wills, let's get to know more about our guest. Hi, Jane. Hi, Craig. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. My name's Jane Kelly. I have recently qualified as a mortgage and protection advisor, working mainly for my estate agents hunters in Sunderland, which we've had for about six years. But I have been a will writer for a few years now. Okay, brilliant. So today we're discussing wills. So we're going to have a chat about what a will is, who needs a will, why do I need a will, and how do I arrange my will? So first of all, Jane, do you want to just get a bit back to basics and let's, can you sort of explain to our listeners what exactly is a will? Well, a will, quite simply, is a legally binding document which states how your estate should be distributed upon your death. Now, I think the term estate often conjures up images of something grand, but that's not so. It's simply everything that you own, which doesn't necessarily have to have any financial value, but often has huge sentimental value to the right person. Who needs a will? Well, in short, pretty much everyone. If you have a family, if you're a parent, a homeowner, if you're a pet owner, if you have any personal belongings, you need a will. So especially those who are onto a second marriage with children from a previous relationship, because this is where sideways disinheritance comes into play. Now by that, I mean the children from the first relationship losing their inheritance to a step-parent's children. So an example would be, imagine Johnny, his parents split up, his dad remarries, passes away without leaving a will, so he dies intestate. Everything automatically goes to the new wife. Years later, she passes away, having made her own will, but leaves everything to our own children, therefore leaving Johnny with nothing from his father's estate. So unfortunately, this happens a lot. And you may have seen press coverage of families fighting it out in court. Yeah, in fact, just recently, the Financial Times did report on an all-time high of these cases in 2019 with a 47% increase from 2018. So obviously wow. a costly process and very upsetting for the family when they're grieving their loved ones. So it can all be avoided having a will in place. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that, to be fair, that goes on to, because my next question, which you probably answered there actually, was why is it important that I have a will? Yeah. So for that reason, but also other reasons as well. For example, if you don't make a will, the state would decide who inherits your state. So in a lot of cases, that might be fine and the money might go to where it would anyway. But if you imagine that you have perhaps a sibling that you'd fell out with years ago, or maybe a father who'd abandoned a child and never had any sort of relationship with that person, how would you feel if they would inherit your state? Also, if you don't have any living relatives, it can go to the government. So personally, I would want, wouldn't want to leave it to chance and I would want peace of mind that my estate will go to who I choose in a timely fashion. There can be a lot of conflict, especially with siblings fighting about parents' yeah. things. And if yeah. there more amicable arrangements, the court can order for items to be sold. So something, obviously, that everybody would want to avoid. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that just clarify why it's important to, I think just it, so making sure that whatever you, whatever your estate looks like, then they're making sure it goes to the right person and goes to the person that you want it to go to. So, okay. Yeah, good. of course. And yeah. it can also mitigate in, against inheritance tax if you put the right trusts in place. So that's something to think about if you did have a high value estate. Yeah, because the last thing you want to be doing is paying inheritance tax if you could, if you've not done the right thing. So yeah. good. Yeah, we're very expensive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you said before about estate, which does confuse a lot of people when, we, when you're looking at wills. So what should I include in my will? It is a very personal document. It can be very, very basic. So it can just state that you wish to leave your entire estate to XYZ, or it can go into a lot of detail, mention many different items and include a lot of beneficiaries. But I think as a parent, the most important part of will for me is being able to nominate a guardian for my children. So should the worst happen, I know that if neither myself or my husband were here for the children, that without delay, they would go straight to the people that I had chose to bring them up. So if no suitable guardians are immediately available, in some cases, the children could go into temporary care. So as a parent, that is just heartbreaking to think if your children left in that position. And that was the main factor in me deciding to get my own will into place. And interestingly, you can actually add a letter of wishes to that to say how you would like the, the children to be brought up. So you could include things in there like religion or that you would like them to have relationships with certain people anything like that and you wow can, you can actually include that in your will yeah yeah you can go wow. and do as much or as little detail as you like and you can also actually disinherit people in your will which is a lot more common than you might think I can believe that. I can believe that. I've been uh, doing some advising myself and on from a mortgage point of view and doing equity release. Yeah, I've sort of seen that firsthand of people. Yeah, you can also actually include gifts to charity, a very popular one. A lot of charities rely heavily on that kind of income. You can make arrangement for pets in there too. You can also state which funeral arrangements you would prefer and any preferences about organ donation and not want to overcomplicate things today, but you can include trusts in your will. So just making sure that the right money goes to the right hands at the right time. Um, An example of a really useful trust would be the Vulnerable Persons Trust, most commonly used for those with a drink or drug dependency or maybe gambling addictions. And it just allows the testator to provide for them in a safe and controlled fashion with income advanced from the trustees would be really useful for certain situations. When a little bit before, we, and one word that's used quite a lot is about executors of, of will. So can you just explain a bit more about who an executor is and what exactly is an executor? Yeah, of course. An executor is the person or persons who you will task with executing the will, basically. Hugely important position. I think often underestimated. People don't often realise what's involved when they say that they'll take the role on. But they're basically tasked with things like closing the bank accounts, selling any property, rehoming pets perhaps, and disposing of all the unwanted possessions, ensuring the testator's dying wishes are carried out. So it can be a lengthy, upsetting process, which is why it's often best to have more than one person acting for you. They can act jointly and severally, which basically means independent of each other. So if one person was unavailable, maybe if they're on holiday or out of the area, they both don't need to be there at the bank, for example. Also, it's not unusual for the person named to reject the role. 
Um, perhaps their situation's changed or they just simply don't feel confident in taking on the responsibility. And they're well within their rights to do that, but it's always best to get permission from the person um, and make sure that quite prepared to do it and know what's involved now. You can name up to four executors, but in a typical scenario, the first executive would be the spouse and then any children's support, which is so, so important to use somebody that you trust because they ultimately have complete control over the will. If I've already sorted my will out and I have my wills already in place, obviously people's circumstances, people's positions and things like that change all the time. So what happens if I want to change my will? Yeah, not a problem. Like you say, life changes, relationships change. And I always recommend regular reviews of any wills every few years for that reason. But the good thing is you can change your will as often as you like. There are are exceptions, but generally speaking, you can change your will as often as you like. And only the most recent will is valid and that would supersede any previous ones that had been written. So as long as it's signed and witnessed by two individuals, that is the most up-to-date will and that's the valid one. So you can do it pretty much as, obviously, with injustifiable reasons, you can pretty much do it as often as you want to. Yeah, because things do change, yeah. Okay, brilliant. And in terms of arranging a will then, who do I normally or who should I speak to when I'm looking to arrange a will? Well, I think traditionally anybody you wanting to make a will would always go to a solicitor, which is yeah. fine. However, they can be expensive. And nowadays there are many will writers who are not legally qualified, such as myself, but would you hold the relevant qualifications? And we can offer more affordable wills. I'm a member of the Society of Will Writers based in London, and they do have a great website for anyone wanting more information. It is very informative. You can sell your own house, you can, you know, cut your own hair, but I prefer to use a professional and make sure it's fit for purpose. You could potentially save a few hundred pounds, but the consequences go way beyond that if it doesn't stand up. And many people have in the past wrote their own wills, but there's been instances where they've been challenged in court and overturned, sadly. So do make sure if you're going to do that, that it is watertight. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that's a, obviously when you're sorting your will out it's the last thing that you want to to be challenged or not to be so i think that yeah that in itself would scare enough people into making sure that it's done the right way and done and done by the right people because like i said the last like the whole purpose of you writing a will is to making sure that your requests are adhered to after you when you're no longer here so yeah exactly exactly who keeps so i've written my will and you've sorted my will out then jane who keeps my will and what happens after my death? Yeah. yeah, you have two options. Basically, you can keep the will safe yourself. Now, I would always suggest keeping it in a fireproof bag, not expensive, get them off Amazon. Or alternatively, you can put them into storage. Now, there is a cost involved in the storage and also of the retrieval of the documents by the executors. But remember, there is only one valid copy of a will. So photocopies will not count. It must be the, the signed will and there's only one so it must be kept safe one way or another and after death the executor is responsible for obtaining what's known as a grant of probate and this will allow them to manage the estate basically so anywhere like a bank anywhere like that would need to see a copy of this document and if there's a will in place it just speeds that process up dramatically 
What do people normally do in that situation? Because like, I'm just interested, when you sort of said about a fireproof bag, I don't think I've ever, I do shop on Amazon, but I don't think I've ever searched before for a fireproof bag. Yeah, it, people often put them with the deeds of the house. Anything, you know, of huge importance, put them away in a tin. Some people have safe in the house, but it, it's just so important to keep it safe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what do people normally do then? Do they normally keep it themselves? I think a lot of people do, yeah, because... A lot of people make them now because of the awareness when they're a bit younger. So the cost of putting it in storage long term might add up to be a little bit much. And I think people feel quite secure that they could um, keep them safe themselves. But it's nice to have the option. And in terms of, because um, people always want to know costs. So what? So can you just give me an idea in terms of rough idea? What obviously, if I do it myself, I'm guessing is that free of charge? It doesn't. That doesn't. Does that cost anything if I do it myself? It would, no. Um, if you just wanted to ride it out yourself, you can, I think, buy the little things from WH Smith for £7 yeah. or something like that. Like I say, there's a lot of risk involved with that. But if you were doing it professionally, most will riders will charge sort of between one and £300 for either a single or a mirror will. Now, by a mirror will, I mean two wills for each each partner. That's a good question there in terms of, so what, when you're talking about single wills, mirror wills, what are the different types of wills? Yeah, so a single will would just be a single person on their own, only taking into account their own circumstances. So most married couples will have what we call a mirror will, whereby they will leave their whole estate to the surviving spouse. And then upon their death, the estate would be distributed how they want it. Right, okay. If you've got married couples that have got mirror wills, can they have sort of certain stipulations outside of that will or do they have to then do two single wills? Do you know, like sort of say somebody's got a, a personal desire to do something that's maybe not, is leaving a certain item or something to sit outside the estate or is that then you do two singles in that basis or would you do a mirror will with an a bit added on or? Yeah, you would just personalise the second will. So perhaps an example would be, I would like my jewellery left to my daughter. But in the first instance, it would pass to my husband on condition that when he passed away, she would inherit her personal possessions. That's one example. But yeah, it is possible to do what you said. Yeah. And how easy is it to arrange my will? So I'm thinking now I need to get this sorted out. I need the protection. I want the sort of when the inevitable happens, then I want to make sure my wishes are granted. So and I'm not thinking about doing, I don't want to do it myself because I, I want the security that it's done right. So how easy to do that? Really easy. A lot more easy than people think. And I think that's another reason that people put it off because they think there'll be so many questions to answer. But but in reality, there's not. As long as you know who your executors would be, that's sort of your biggest decision, really. And of course, guardians, if you did have children. It's not a lengthy appointment that can be done over the telephone, especially important at the moment. And then it can all be taken care of inside of a week from the initial appointment to having the documents. It's not a lengthy process that no. it's just making sure you've got the executors right and you yeah. sort of you know what you're looking to do with your estate as a for want of a better word. So anything else to add, Jane, before we finish talking about wills? 
I think one thing that does put people off as well is the fact that they think that they need to go into a lot of detail about what they own, maybe how much the house is worth, things like that. But that that isn't relevant because that could change by the time they did die, hopefully in a lot of years' time. So it's sort of an overview and and you don't need to go into a lot of personal details. So if you are thinking about it, it, it is just so important that you get it done. And there's really no excuse with how easy it is. No, definitely. I think I'm getting across, I think I'm understanding from you that the importance of getting this sorted out. And like you say, the cost is quite minimal too in terms of the, the protection you're getting from that. And also as well, you can change it. So like you said, people's lives change, circumstances change. So being able to change it and keeping up with the reviews is important as well. So... Yep, got to be flexible, which it is. Do you find people do review them proactively or do you remind people no, to review no. them? Or <laughs> I think people like that they've got the peace of mind. It's put it, it's you know put in a safe place and forgotten about. But that's part of the service. I would revisit it and just make sure that there's been no changes. You know, they may have had another child. Obviously, not wanting to leave that child out of the will, they would add a child in, for example. I think that's saying people just think they've sorted it and then completely forget to review. It's the same with the mortgage, isn't it? That's where you find people sort of going onto the lender's standard variable rate because they forget that the deal's only a bit like there for two years or five years and then they forget to do that. Jane, thank you so much for taking the time to be part of the uh, Mortgages, Money and More podcast today and giving us a great insight into the world of wills. If you do have any questions or topics you want to discuss, please get in touch and see our websites, csmortgagesolutions.co.uk or csretirementsolutions.co.uk for our contact details. And next time, my guests will be Sham and Jason, who will be back talking about investments. Thank you for listening. <laughs>